Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode of High Performance Nursing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have a fabulous high performance nurse with us, Hannah Sawyer. How are you, Hannah? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I am so good. Thank you for having me. And I'm really, really excited for our chat. Love our conversation. So this ought to be good. Of course. Yes, we always dive deep into all the things. Before we do, let me tell you a little bit about Hannah. Hannah has been on the podcast before, and it's lovely having you back here. Hannah Sawyer is a master mindset coach, registered nurse, dog mum, and the founder of The Breakthrough Nurse, a brand on a mission to work with nurses to release trauma, limiting beliefs, and cultivate a strong, fierce mindset so they can navigate the hectic world of healthcare, but also win in their own lives. Amazing. So good. Not only that, you are also the proud host of Bequeen Yourself, the podcast. Yes, I always forget about that part, but yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) It's not here, which I have guessed uh, hard on and it was fabulous. And we had a great episode about leadership, nursing, all the things. Mm. So make sure that you go and support Bequeen Yourself, the podcast. Hannah, so master mindset coach, registered nurse, dog mum, all the things happening. I would love to start off with exploring mindset and diving deep first into exploring our career why. And I know that you and I have talked about this in the past, but I'm curious, shifting from registered nurse into master mindset coach is a lot of work, a lot of mindset work that you need to work through and a lot of realigning with your career why and your purpose. So I'd love to hear in your words what your career why and what your purpose is now as the breakthrough nurse. Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. I feel like, you know, everything is such a journey, right? And we're always just taking that one step, one foot in front of the other and taking that next step. And I can say for me, it's absolutely been a journey, but I guess underneath, I've always had that really gut feeling of like, I want to help people. And I think, you know, I love nursing and you know a lot of aspects of nursing and loved the giving the nurturing the helping part of it but through my own journey as I you know went through some low lows and really all my stuff came up all my trauma came up I needed to really help myself first and I had been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and really like using that as a way to distract from my own work and you know, it's so funny looking back how everything works out, but when on this journey and really delved in, I was able to heal some things that had been causing me to come from a place of lack and really give to everyone else before I gave to myself. So coming from that empty cup. And once I learned how to really regulate my nervous system to work through my emotions to fill my cup, I was then able to connect with people on a deeper level, like patients, colleagues, every person you come into contact with, you know, there's so many when you're working in that environment. And through that, I saw others struggling and my colleagues, especially struggling with the same things that I had just gone through, you know, the anxiety, the burnout, the stress, the compassion fatigue, the 
never ending cycle of giving, 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 and, you know, kind of ignoring your own needs. And so I really, through my own journey, got so enthralled in particular modalities that really shifted things for me. And so when I studied those, it was just like this natural progression. I was like, I need to help those around me. I need to help these nurses because like I had been there, but also, you know, when I know when I help a nurse, I'm helping not just that person, but the community around them, everyone that they come into contact with. And so that for me is my why and that ripple effect and the like it sounds really selfish but the emotional reward of seeing someone transform is like the best feeling ever and I feel like yeah it's just so so good so I hope that answers your question yeah there are so many things in there that I'd love to unpack and it's such a beautiful compelling why on the podcast here we always talk about making sure that you have a really compelling career why it's not enough to just do something for the money Mm. I've learned that lesson it's not enough to just do something because everybody else thinks that that's the path you should take yeah or you know somebody said you'd be really great at this but you're like maybe this isn't my thing this isn't my jam and what I'm hearing from you is that you really took the time to do the deep work and in doing that and diving deep into your kind of who you are what you really want from life and getting really clear. And I love that you talk about regulating your emotional system, you know, your, your nervous system mm. and, and your emotional mindset system. That's allowed you to shift, you know, with confidence and clarity moving forward. And that's a beautiful gift that you've given yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. A lot of people in healthcare across the board, not just nurses, really get stuck because we wrap our identity up in the profession in this ideal version of what a high-performing nurse might look like, right? Which is somebody who's confident and clear, even though internally, like on the external, they look great and they have all of these things and maybe these accolades and these qualifications, but internally they're misaligned, they're pissed, they're angry, they're frustrated, they're upset, they're resentful. And I'm curious for you, you obviously see this in your work, but How do people, one, how have you navigated the identity shift? Because there's a huge shift between being a clinician to being an entrepreneur. And what did you learn there? And then the other side of that is how can people start to recognize the identity shift? I'll come back to that second question because there's too many many in one there. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh, that's a good, deep question, actually. And, man, so many things I could say. So really, I think the it's such an energetic death and rebirth and, you know, our ego mind, which is the part of us that if you just stay silent, it'll yabber on and, and talk and give commentary to everything. That's our ego brain, our ego mind. That part almost wants to stop you from growing, right? Because it feels unsafe. It feels like it feels literally like sometimes you're going to die because you don't have these familiar things around you and these markers. And so really for me, it's been more of a journey of letting go and surrendering to everything that I thought I should be. As you mentioned, you know, we get these ideas in our mind from society, from our family, from our peers, from our friends that we've got to be a certain way. We've got to, like, for me, it was very much, I'm going to be an ED nurse. I'm going to climb to the top of the ladder. I'm going to do all these things. But actually I did my prac in ED and I was like, 
I don't want to do this. Like, you know, it's when you experience things and they don't turn out how you think they should, then it's time to pivot. But that ego mind, that ego part, it does want to hold on to who you were. And so for me, I've always had a side hustle on the side of my nursing career. And it was that identity shift from I'm a clinician to shit, like I'm an I'm an entrepreneur now. And to be honest, like for the first year, I felt an enormous amount of pressure and an enormous weight on my shoulders. And I would say I've only probably just come out of that in the past three months and taken a breath and been like, it's okay, Hannah, you're not going to die. You're, you're okay. Like you've got this. But I still feel, yeah, it's that surrendering and that letting go. And that's something that, you know, you would know as a high performing person that we often struggle with because we're like, you know, we want to like keep spinning the wheels and, and get shit done. But it's actually, you've got to have that part, that masculine get shit done, but you've got to come in with also the feminine and be like, okay, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to enjoy the journey and I'm going to let go of this past me. So I'd say, Mm. yeah, definitely say it's a journey. It's a process and, you know, really learning to work with the ego mind as well and recognizing that voice and when that part of you is holding yourself back as opposed to when it's your intuition and your soul talking and taking those steps forward, even though it feels uncomfortable. But I think when it comes to knowing what you want or the vision for your life, you've always got to kind of go back to that because we we don't know what we don't know and we can't see kind of outside of these blinders of our mind sometimes. So it's always about checking in with yourself and where you want to go. Mm, I love that so much. And I think what I've noticed in my own career and in the careers of others is that ego death. I love how you said that there, the ego death and then the rebirth. And creating space for that is just super important. I don't think enough people acknowledge that. I, for one, didn't. I reckon I've had 15 roles in the last 10 years. I job hopped. I call myself the job gypsy. I'm a sampler. <laughs> I enjoyed all of the roles. But it was coming from a place of, I don't know, like, I was looking for validation. I was looking for worth. I was looking for everything in the external world rather than stopping and being like, what is it that I need? And the funny thing is, is not in not acknowledging the identity shifts that I needed to make in each role, each pivot from student to nurse, from nurse, floor nurse to educator, educator to manager, and not stopping and creating some space. I got myself wrapped up in this whole mess of burnout you know, and I was just caught up in this not feeling like I was good enough, imposter syndrome, all of the things. And I was completely misaligned. And we see that. I see that in all my clients. I see that in not creating that space for us to just release it. And then to be mm. super grateful for what the experience has given us. And then intentionally, like you said, they're really intentionally making a decision about what it is you want next. Yeah. Rather than just jumping jumping into the next thing and deep diving into it and expecting it to be better just because mm. it's a new opportunity and you finally left that shithole behind. It's not really how it works, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not really how it works because you're changing the external circumstance, but you're not changing the internal narrative. Mm. And that is a 
huge block for anybody in their career, in their life, in their relationships, in their diet journey, whatever <laughs> they're trying to do. Yes, absolutely. That is just a huge thing. So I love that visual of like, if you're listening and you're pivoting or you're going from student to RN, you're going to have an ego death. You're going to have to let go of some shit yeah. and create some space. What would be some tips that you could offer people to you know, start that journey or just even to hold a bit more space for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, don't dismiss or suppress the emotion that comes up when you do step into a new space. I think this is one of the things that I see the most with mm-hmm. my clients is that, no, I'm fine. It's okay. It's all right. It's mm-hmm. all, oh, you know, I'll just put that aside, brush that under the rug. And then next minute your rug's so big that you're tripping over it every time you walk past and you're like, shit, I really need to deal with that. But Mm. you know, now's not the time I'm busy. I've got this going on, but actually when we stop to check in and really honor what's coming up and work through those emotions, and there's so many different tools that you can actually practically use to do that. You know, breathwork is one of my go-tos, my favorites, but even the art of observing what's coming up I've found has literally changed my life as opposed to going in blind and if you imagine you know what you're experiencing now emotionally is like a pair of glasses and it's one that you don't even know you're wearing and so if you actually take the time and the space to stop and breathe deep into your body and really acknowledge what's coming up and almost like Imagine yourself taking a step back in your mind and thinking, oh, what is this emotion coming up? Or where is this actually coming from? And what am I making it mean? And the initial response is to react, to respond. Oh, I've got to fix this. I've got to do this. But often when you just create the space and you allow the emotion to come up, it'll actually move through you. And that's all emotion wants to do. It wants to move through you. It's energy, you know, energy cannot be killed or suppressed. It actually just wants to flow. And it's just our humanness and our conditioning that stops it and causes pain and suffering because we create these meanings and these stories from the emotion. So I'd really practice that observation of what's actually coming up and try just digging a little bit deeper. And for some people, this might be super confronting as well, because I remember for me, it was at the start, I was like, this is too much. This is heavy. I just want to feel happy. I want to feel joy. I don't want to feel these heavy emotions. But when I accepted that, you know, as a human being, we're always going to have that spectrum of emotion. We're going to have the really elating, amazing times. And we're going to have the really hard, challenging times where we feel really low. And that's the scale of human experience, right? So we've just got to hold ourselves through that. And the best thing that I've found to do that is to work through what what you've got to work through to be your own best friend. So you can nurture yourself, you can hold yourself through that. And the other thing that you want to do is instead of dwelling on who you were or who you think you should be or who others project to you that you should be, start thinking about who you actually want to become. Because this is something that I feel is so missed is that we get so caught up in the shoulds, in the I care what they think and blah, 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 blah. No one else is fucking living your life. Like you've got to look at who you want to become 
And if that is, you know, like transition from student to nurse and you want to be confident, you want to be calm, you want to be collected, start looking there. Start looking at what's actually stopping you from showing up in that way now and work through those blocks so you can step into that because what you say to yourself and how you communicate with yourself is the number one thing that will cause you to show up in a certain way. So if you're stepping into that new role and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, why did I say that? I'm so stupid. Oh my God, they think I'm like, they think I'm just a student or whatever it is that your mind is telling you, then that's how you're going to show up. You're going to, you know, not have your shoulders back. You're not going to stand up tall. You're going to be like shoulders hunched and in the corner, like, please, nobody look at me. I know that was me as a student, (laughs) but you know, Mm -hmm. it's such a journey. Whereas if you're like, no, it's okay. Like I literally talk to myself before I'm about to do something scary because in business, there is always something scary you've got to do. I talk to myself and I'm like, okay, babe, you've got this. It's all right. You're going to be okay. No matter what happens, like just give it your best and just encouraging yourself like you would your bestie. Then you will show up in that way. You will show up so, so differently. So watching your internal talk as well. Yeah, there's so much in there. There's such power in learning how to self-coach and self-lead. Yes. And that's, I think, one thing that we both have, you know, really vested interest in bringing to the industry is this concept of you are fully responsible for your state, Mm. uh, for how you feel, you know, the thoughts that you choose to think, and nothing externally can influence that unless you let it. Yes. And that is such a hard thing to grasp, though. Intellectually, I can say it as if it's easy. But when you're in the system and you're around leaders who are toxic or, you know, bullies or maybe just aren't vulnerable and they're not listeners and they're not there to support you, it can be really hard to let your guard down and to feel all the feelings. Because that's what you're saying. You're saying feel the feelings. Like you have to feel the feelings in order for them to pass. Because the more that you suppress them, the more you're likely to burn out, misaligned, hate your life, sick days. It's a cycle. And it's really hard to embrace vulnerability when you're working in a system that is not conducive to that. But what's worth noting is, yes, the system is broken, but I think we get caught up in that. I know I did. I got caught up in thinking that because the system is broken, I could never heal. Mm. And I don't know, like maybe you see this, maybe you've experienced this, but it's not true. Like, it's not true. The more that we give the power to the external thing outside of us, the more we lose our ability to control our thoughts, our feelings, our actions and our results. And what you just said there is life is 50-50. It's 50% good. It's 50% shit. (laughs) And that's the reality. And we have been fed a lie. You heard it here at High Performance. You have been fed a lie, people that life is supposed to be good all the time. And we now live in this age where, God, I can't even keep up with the amount of social media platforms that I'm on. I know you're on a lot of them as well. You know, we live and breathe this stuff. And then Mm. we watch Netflix and then we see advertisements and we watch the news and it's just all portraying this vision of perfect. Mm. And that's just not how we're designed as humans. So self-coaching is the answer moving forward. And it's so important that we really step into that for ourselves to be able to become the best authentic self that we want to portray in the healthcare system. 100%. I love that so much. Yes. And, you know, what you said there about, yes, 
we can look at the healthcare system and think, oh my God, this is completely broken and we can give our power away and our anger away to that. But really the power lies with us. If you're in a place that you don't like, you can move, you can shift, you can change, you can, you're not a tree. Like you can really take your power back in any situation. And as you were saying there, you know, this conditioning of like everything's supposed to be perfect and rosy and we can blame bloody Disney movies for that idealistic thing. You know, I certainly had that when I was entering relationships where I was like, well, I'm supposed to be treated like a princess and, you know, like not take any responsibility for anything and blah, blah, blah. Like we can look back at how we grew up and what we watch and all of these things with such a different lens when we have the awareness. And I think the more that you disconnect from the external world, the more you go inwards, the stronger that intuition, that voice will become, the more you'll trust yourself and the more you'll cultivate that relationship with yourself where you actually want to speak to yourself kindly. And there's a lot of industries out there who don't want you to be in your power because you know, they're profiting off you not being in your power and like the beauty industry for one and so many things. So really when we disconnect the external and really take back our innate power, which everyone is so powerful, your life will will really transform around you. Mm, Yeah, there's such power in doing that. And I think, you know, I see a lot of this online around, ratios and thinking that ratios are going to fix I saw something yesterday like ratios are going to be the answer Mm. yeah that's going to help for sure but it's not going to fix the systemic issues Mm. and you know you can either sit in a place where you just continue to build anger resentment hate for the system around that or you take back your power and you go right where can I work that allows me to go to work do the best that I can give back to the patients and myself adhere to my boundaries and create the life that I intentionally want to live because most of us like you say haven't created that space between what our ego throws up and then what Mm. we actually want to do very few of us have taken the time to separate the two and go right how is it that I want to show up today and live my life as a clinician as a nurse or even as a non-clinician yes absolutely absolutely yeah Oh, we could talk forever on that. I, <laughs> I want to dive into burnout because burnout gets a lot of flack and like rightly so, right? Like burnout is, it sucks. Like I've burned out a couple of times. I know you've burnt out. We've talked about it in the past, but I've been doing a bit of research and a bit of work around like what burnout has kind of given us, you know, and it, we shouldn't have to go through burnout. However, I was thinking about this today that it's one of the things that's not a if I experience burnout in healthcare, it's a when I experience burnout. And that is the reality. And it's sucky and it sounds pessimistic, but it's the truth. And I'm curious what your take is on burnout and what it's given you. Like what has burnout offered you or gifted you? Mm, I love that frame of that question. So really I believe burnout is that overgiving going back to the cup analogy where you're just pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and you're not doing anything to actively replenish yourself and your nervous system and then you get to a point where you feel like you're frazzled and you know your nervous system is so fired up all the time that there's nothing more for you to give and it creates that feeling of well what's the point in anything Mm -hmm. like that 
apathy, that feeling of like, what is the point and and why am I here? Why am I doing this? So for me, my burnout journey definitely gave me perspective. It really highlighted the importance of caring for myself. And I know self-care is a word that's thrown around everywhere. But when I talk about self-care, I'm talking about deep self-care. I'm not talking about going and sitting in the fucking bath and having a face mask. And like, I love all of that, but that is not going to save you from burnout. You've actually got to go deep and, you know, and I always come back to breath work because I bloody love it, but you've got to do these things that are going to reset your nervous system and allow you to relax, to switch off. You've got to do the work. And a lot of my clients actually have these programs and this conditioning of, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep busy. I can't slow down. And when they slow down, they feel guilty. They feel unworthy and all their shit comes up, right? So we've got to break those patterns. And for me, that certainly was true. I thought, well, I'm not worthy if I'm not productive, if I'm not putting my hand up for overtime, then I'm a shit nurse. I'm not part of the team. I'm blah, blah, blah. All those things, all those thoughts that cross our mind. But it definitely also gave me boundaries. And I feel that this is also something that comes up like a different flavor of that. Maybe not feeling so connected to yourself or not feeling so worthy is that when we're not certain in ourselves, we're actually more likely to take on what other people want us to do without checking in with ourselves and without actually acknowledging whether that's right for us. So prime example, you know, the ward's down and you get asked to stay for another shift and you're already like teetering on that that burnout cliff and you're like, oh, well, you know, there's no one to cover me and I feel really bad. But it's like you're then, and I don't know where this has come from and maybe you have some insight on it, but it's almost like that oh, well, if I don't do it, then there's going to be no one to do it. And then it becomes your problem and you've got to solve the world's problem. Everything's on your shoulder. And it's like, hang on a minute. Like if you died tomorrow, your work would have to find someone to replace you. Like when did your job become to carry everyone else? And I think that it's a, it's been like a slow progression over time. And obviously world circumstances have exacerbated this a lot, but Really, like if you don't put your hand up and say, no, like I cannot, I cannot do this. If you don't install that boundary, no one else is going to do it for you. In fact, people will do the opposite. They will take, take, take from you. And I'm specifically talking about being in this scenario and being in this system is that it's never ending. You're never going to fill all of the spots for staffing. You're never going to, like, where is the end point? So you've got to draw that line in the sand for yourself. And I definitely gained that perspective from burning out and also gained that almost like that protectiveness over my own energy because I saw what happened when it just was pouring out all the time and I didn't have any anything to bring it back in for myself Mm -hmm. yeah and I think when we reframe burnout like it allows us to see like what it has gifted us right and what it's offered us I know for me I think about burnout and I think, well, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't be working in the space that I am. And I wouldn't have created all of this this opportunity for myself to dive deep and to really learn who Liam authentically is, not Liam the clinician who, you know, 
everybody else kind of helped shape and molds. Like, who am I and who do I want to be and how do I want to show up in the world and what's my purpose? And I think that even though burnout is a horrible experience and we shouldn't be saying, go and get burnt out, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that when it does happen to you, see it as an opportunity, because it will happen, it happens in every industry, see it as an opportunity to grow and see the beauty in it, like the gift that it's offering you to reconnect and realign rather than seeing it as like, oh my God, a burnt out. Because like, that's all we ever hear, right? And I'm guilty of it. That's all we ever hear is a burnt out three times. You know, it sounds so terrible and everybody thinks it's so toxic. But those three burnout events helped shape who I am today Mm. and helped raise my awareness, you know? And I think um, what you were talking about there is that cognitive overload that clinicians can't turn off they go to work they're busy we are programmed to be busy from the minute we get on the floor to the minute we finish we don't get breaks because we have no boundaries and you know every other clinician has boundaries Mm. physios take the lunch break OTs take the lunch break the doctors take the lunch break yeah we are the only profession that succumbs to this pressure I'm not sure what that is or why we do it. I think it's because we are at the forefront of the care and there is just such immense pressure. Yeah. How can we alleviate that? There's so many questions kind of unanswered there and somebody needs to do a deep dive study into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've also just got to give yourself that permission slip, right? Like Mm. so often we're waiting for someone to say, hey, go take your break. You've got to be like, I need to eat. My blood sugar's low and I'm about to drop. Like I'm going to go and take my break and you've got to advocate for yourself. And I know from working with so many clients, that can be really hard at the start, especially if you're just entering this world of healthcare where there's all these big personalities and there's all this hecticness going on all the time. So it's just about one step at a time in each moment, advocating for yourself, just like you do for your patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just from a manager's perspective, you know, when they come around and ask you to do extra shifts, like I've done this in the past, depends where you work, but just so that everybody listening knows, there is literally like a list of people that we know will do the work, (laughs) you know, that like there's a list of people that like, oh, the the, the Don will say, oh, you know, John's really good. He usually stays back, you know, and it's framed in this way, like, you know, if they don't still, oh, she never does overtime, you know, or he never does overtime. And it's just a really interesting approach that we expect at the senior level for people to do that. And I would often stop that and block it and say, yeah, but they've already done 60 hours this week. Like, it's ridiculous. that I can't ask them to do any more. It's unfair, which would often be met with, well, you're going to run short then. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it's like, how do you balance that? There's just so much there, right? I think that's such a valuable insight for people though as well. Like, and again, going back to, everyone's coming from their own reality, right? Like you've, as a manager, you have your job to do. You've got to fill these spots. As a nurse, you've got your job to do. And so like those two things, they interlink, but also again, boundaries. If you can't do it, you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah. Stay true to your power and yeah, don't um, care for anybody. I used to always preface it with like, you know, you can stay if you like, but no pressure. Like it's totally... (laughs) So it was very non-committal from my end because I knew that agency would be paid. You know, they would pay agency ultimately. Um, So know that if you're listening, do not ever feel the pressure and do what's right for you. Yes. So 
you had an amazing post. You put lots of amazing posts up on Instagram, but one that stood out for me was around being a highly sensitive person. And when I saw that, I was like, Hannah can read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And sees deep into my soul because I definitely relate with being a highly sensitive person. Oh my God, my light just went out. (laughs) Sorry, one second. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. All right, we should keep that in the podcast. Yeah. I'm so dark. Liam just like went completely dark and he's waving his ra- hands around like a crazy person. <laughs> oh, I wish you could see it. <laughs> we should have typed that better for the burnout conversation. Yeah. Or something yes. What was I saying? Highly sensitive yes. person. So I definitely relate to being a highly sensitive person. Talk us through what that is and what that kind of like, you know, tell us all the things about highly sensitive people. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a HSP as well, highly sensitive person and (laughs) represent. (laughs) And I honestly thought from a young age that there was something wrong with me because I always just felt like even when I was watching a movie and something happened, I was like, oh, I feel that in my soul. And I was, you know, like felt all the emotions of it and really felt like I felt things on a deep level and I feel like it's it can be a blessing and a curse depending on how you look at it and what you've got in place to really protect yourself for lack of a better word or preserve yourself I like that word better because it's less victim-like but Mm. basically a highly sensitive person is just that you're someone who is quite naturally intuitive you can you know feel how other people are feeling and a lot of nurses are HSPs because of course they are there they're helping they're healing they're holding a space for their patients and they really feel it on a deep level which is also going back to the burnout conversation that's a massive contributor as well like you're taking on this heavy emotion and from an energetic level you know when you walk into a hospital it is a lower vibration because when we're unwell we do vibrate at that lower level it's not a bad thing it's just you know how it is energetically and so as a HSP you're really if you're dysregulated like you haven't done your trauma work or you know there's stuff coming up for you that you don't feel comfortable to work through or you feel like your emotions are too much and you step into the healthcare environment where everything is hectic. There's these bright lights, there's beats, there's, you know, people running up and down, there's massive personalities, there's people yelling, there's like all this stuff happening. Just that in itself, minus you doing the job that you do is enough to really trigger your nervous system. And so it basically in closing I guess means that you are just so much more open and you feel things on that deeper level and you're also really intuitive so I feel like it is such a blessing but it wasn't when I first figured it out because I was like well this is shit like people can just go and go about their day and switch off and not feel things on those deep levels or not really feel like they're carrying the weight of the world whereas I feel like a zombie every time I leave this place because there's just so much pain and suffering. So really it's about working through your own stuff first so you can actually differentiate between, oh, is this even mine that I'm feeling here now? And if it's not, then putting those energetic boundaries in place and really having those tools, those that invisible tool belt I like to call it, that you can go back to to, to work through what's actually coming up so you can have that place of peace within yourself because I've seen and worked with a lot of HSPs who don't feel safe to 
be in their body or work through things because they they're in their mental energy as a trauma response as a survival response because it's too much to feel like it's too much to be in their body it's too much to feel and so we really want to shift that and clear that and move you to a space where you feel safe to be in your body and process what's coming up Mm, it's such a good explanation and I think just raising the awareness if you're listening just you know if that sounds familiar to you or something you go through you know just tapping into that and giving yourself compassion and kindness towards yourself and respecting the fact that you might be a HSP and I definitely believe that it's a superpower you know I I do agree that there have been times where I feel like I've been super unprofessional at work maybe because I've been overly emotional about something or even with a family or a patient or a really difficult situation but not knowing at the time that that's just part of who I am and that I feel and it does suck knowing that others don't feel that but it also gives you clarity as to why some people can just turn off Mm. and they just away from a met call and they're like not bothered by it whatsoever and you're sitting there like oh my god that was so traumatic traumatic and i need three weeks off yeah <laughs> yeah know? yeah so t- tapping into that and acknowledging it if you haven't heard of hsp go to hannah's page and check that out there's an amazing post on it there let's shift and talk about being a badass nursepreneur and um, stepping into your nursepreneur realness and all the things uh, entrepreneurship so a lot of people that I work with are like, oh, I'd love to do like what you're doing, Liam, or I'd love to dive into nursepreneurship. And I'm like, amazing, we need more of you. But I think people have a perception that it's all rainbows and unicorns. We just sit at home and we post on social media and we do a couple of reels and we have a little dance. And we look pretty. I wish. I wish it was that easy. what are some of the realities of nursepreneurship that you'd love to share with people? Yes. Oh, I love this question. And love 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 nursepreneurship so (laughs) I think it really comes back to choosing your heart right like going to work for 12 hours for someone else was really hard for me running a business is also really fucking hard and there's a lot of risk but when there's a lot of risk there's also a lot of reward on the flip side of that so I think it's about for me like I've always had that entrepreneurial like feeling in me where I'm like I want to do this I want to like you know million miles an hour ideas flowing all that stuff so I think some of the realities and going back to what you were saying there about you know people thinking that you can just post a reel and you've got a flourishing (laughs) business it's actually a lot of fucking work and a lot goes in behind the scenes that you never see or that you'd never think about and I was actually talking to my accountant yesterday and we were talking about how you're working away in your business and and all of a sudden you look up and you're like holy shit like all this time has passed or I've actually come so far but because there is so many moving parts in a business and we wear so many different hats you know until you can grow a team and outsource you are it and the buck stops with you and so for anyone who is wanting to go on that journey, it's amazing and you will grow so much, but just know that you ultimately have to take that radical responsibility from day one because nobody is responsible for your business thriving or failing apart from you. And going back to what I was saying about the discussion with my accountant, we were talking about, you know, the challenges of running a business and 
we were talking about in retrospect, looking back and, you know, reflecting. And I was like, oh, I should have done this or I should have, you know, shifted this back then. But she was like, well, you know, you actually don't know until you go through it, right? Like someone can sit there and mentor you and tell you like, hey, this might happen, but there's like a million other scenarios that it may turn out like. And so we actually don't know until we're there. And so for me, I believe it's been such a journey in self-trust and really manifesting, like knowing that I'm capable of creation and each of us are, like every single person is. And whether you have tapped into that part of you yet or not, it's in there. And if you feel a pull or a call to do something a little bit different or do something on the side, then what is actually stopping you? Because when you honor that, you will learn more about yourself than you ever could, you know, in the traditional route of things. Not that that's bad, like it's absolutely fine to stay in the traditional route. Some people like that security and sometimes I feel jealous of them too I'm like (laughs) you know you can you can go there and you can you can do your job and you can not worry about all these other million things right Mm. but yeah like I guess you will know in your soul if you have what it takes to be an entrepreneur in you because there are times when it feels so uncertain and you just have to breathe and roll with it and you're like Mm. I don't know if this is going to work, but fuck it. Like we're going to see, we're going to try. And so again, coming back to that self-trust and how you're framing things, what I've noticed as well from working with a lot of clients who have these beautiful ideas and I'm the same as you. I'm like, yes, let's get a plan in place. Let's do this. Is that they're scared of being beginners again. They're scared of what other people will think and they're scared of failing. And I've failed at things more times than I can count and I really had to reframe that for myself and really just be okay with being that beginner again being that person who doesn't know anything and you know potentially asking the quote-unquote dumb questions and like you never want to be the smartest person in the room right because there's just so much to learn but I literally thrive off business I love entrepreneurship I love what I get to do in my job in my role at the breakthrough nurse and I love the clients that I have like I just I feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing and I can't explain it any other way and I actually got asked to go back to my nursing job in January because they're short as the rest of the world is and I couldn't I just couldn't like I just can't I just can't go back to working for someone else like there's just no part of me like I do miss wound care and of course the patients that I used to have but I yeah like I just love my business too much yeah and you've evolved like you've evolved mm. you've become you know Hannah 2.0 3.0 whatever yeah. version <laughs> yeah. that is. and that's a beautiful thing that you now have such clarity and that you have created this for yourself so I think that's what a lot of people don't appreciate with entrepreneurship is you start from zero Mm. and you build and it's not about the metrics it's not about how many instagram followers you have whatever that doesn't really translate it doesn't matter that's what i'm learning i celebrate those things like podcast downloads all of that because 
its influence. And it's like, wow, all these people have listened. It's phenomenal. And mm. I know you've been looking at like, you know, where in the world people listen to your podcast. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Crazy. <laughs> and it's, it's something that propels you and keeps you moving forward when you do have those days as an entrepreneur and you go, the hell am I doing this for? This is so difficult mm. and this is hard. But like you say, I love that. Choose your heart. Yeah. You know, it is for me, like you, my heart is going into hospital, being a manager in a team of 50 people and not being able to lead them the way that I want to lead them. That is bloody difficult. Mm. That is so taxing and not authentic and just doesn't align with who I want to be in the world. So I just can't even like you imagine working for anybody else. I don't care if high performance nursing and casual coaching fails in 12 months. There'll be something else. Yeah. I'm really forward because yeah. that's the beauty like you just said you know you do have to continue to push yourself so much so that you do fail mm. and that you do put yourself out there and you embrace the vulnerability and my coach talks about this she's like if you haven't failed a hundred times don't come talk to me about your idea not working yes. you know and I love that idea of increasing your failure tolerance mm. like you know just keep doing it. Keep taking action, massive action until you achieve your goal. And like you said, your goal might not be what you actually thought it would be. Yeah. And that's okay. Absolutely. And like just lean into it and just be with it rather than being like, but I was supposed to be a director of nursing by the time I was 50. You know? <laughs> Who gives a shit? You're not doing it anymore. You've moved on and you've got a better vision for yourself. Exactly. And it goes back to that identity, right? Like that mm. shifting and that letting go of what you thought you should be. And it's such a mindset shift as well, going from like employee mindset to business owner. It's, oh, I could talk about this forever, but mm. it's like, again, the buck stops with you. So it's ultimately like you've got to have that certainty and have that vision. And you've also got to have like a massive work ethic, right? Because it never really stops, at least for the first, you know, five years while you're still building your there you're doing the groundwork and just embracing that and I think for me it's about enjoying the journey at the moment as well yeah I'd love to ask you because I think this is something as clinicians we don't talk a lot about I'd love to ask you about money mm. right because I think for me and I don't know what your thoughts are on this but moving from being a clinician to being a nursepreneur and all the money drama comes up, all the money, you know, beliefs, all the money caps, you know, what it is that is possible within your business comes up. And I feel like it's a little taboo to talk yeah. about. And I feel like people don't rip the bandaid off. And I'm starting to ask more entrepreneurships that come on about money. What's your take on money? And what did you notice in the shift from like, going from serving people for free? And now, you know, we are like, hey, like you want to work with me? Sure, like this is a price and this is what I'm worth. Yeah, <laughs> love this question. So much I could say here. First of all, like we've all got our money story, we've all got our financial traumas and things that have happened. And if you don't, then that's that's absolutely amazing. I am yet to meet one client who doesn't have some form of limiting belief or issue around money. And for myself, like I grew up with not a lot. And so I saw these patterns repeated by my mom. And that, when I began this journey, took a lot of work to undo. And it's such a 
thing that never stops, right? Like new level, new devil. There's always mm-hmm. more stuff that comes up. And for me, like it's about expanding my nervous system to be okay to receive more and to be okay to know that what I give and the value that I give is worthy of the price in monetary value, right? And I think getting to that level of certainty in myself where, you know, I'm just like, this is what I charge and you either are up to invest that in yourself or you're not has taken a lot of work. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's also, it's such a powerful internal shift and it's never really about the money, right? Like money is just energy. It's all about the programs, the limitations, the conditions that we put on earning money or, oh, am I worth that? And, you know, a pattern that I see a lot as well and one that I had myself before I worked on it was, you know, as a nurse, you get paid every few weeks and you're like, cool, yeah, money to live off, but you never actually like invest that in yourself. You never actually put that money to work for you. And it kind of gets to the end of that fortnight and you're like, holy fuck, we're living off like pennies until payday, come on. And so that in itself is like a painful cycle to be in. And so forgot my point, (laughs) but breaking that and really coming back to knowing you're worthy of having money. Like if you're a business owner or not, like you are worth way more than probably what you're getting paid right now. And I will also add a side note here. I think my money journey started definitely when I was still nursing because I have gone and I have asked for pay rises and that in itself, you know, brings up so much, but you're like, well, no, I know my value here. And so it's a continuous journey. And Mm. I think if you are willing and open and able to do the work on yourself, then you will see that abundance is like just around the corner for you. It's just that right now you've got your blinders on and you can't see it. Mm. And does that answer your question? I feel like there's so much I want to say on this. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think that just even highlighting for people listening, you know, that think when you come into business or entrepreneurship or even just in your career, you know, that there's a cap. Like we're led to believe that there is a cap because there is in our careers, right? When we work as a clinician, what we're saying is there's no cap when you work as an entrepreneur. Mm. And it's not about the money because we serve people. However, we also need to live. And there's a lot of things behind the scene that cost money in a business as well, even an online business. You know, I think people would be amazed that the cost of running an online business, it's not cheap. Oh my God, so many subscriptions. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, so many programs. It's not cheap, but also because we then reinvest in ourselves, right? It's kind of like the cycle Because like you said, you've spent tens of thousands of dollars on investing in becoming the coach that you are today. And that's a never ending journey. I'm always looking for the next thing that I'm going to invest in that's going to give me something so that I can help the people that I serve. So, you know, we talk about money. There's lots of patterns that we hold about money. And trying to get over that is bloody hard. But again, choose your heart. And it's fun, you know. It's fun seeing yourself create something that you never thought was possible in a time frame that you're like are you kidding me like I'll take the rest of the year off you know type thing that's amazing yeah and everybody has access to that you just gotta 
do the work and explore it, get curious and stop believing that you can make that. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so, like you said, so much taboo around money and, you know, earning money and all of these things. But I've found it as well, it's it's quite interlinked with like your worth. So, you know, when you level up at in your nursing career, you're like, oh, okay, maybe I could ask for a pay rise now because, you know, I've done this leveling up. And some people still don't even ask after they've done that study and that investment in themselves. And it does always come back to how you feel about yourself. Like everything around us is that projection of how we feel within ourselves, right? Money included. And so if you value yourself and you really value what you bring to the workplace or your business, then you will be okay to charge what you need but it's yeah again about breaking that conditioning and getting to that space where you are okay to ask that so hopefully whoever's listening will go and ask for a pay rise now Mm. (laughs) just like know that you're worthy of it yeah and also noting just from a consumer perspective because I've learned this lesson in business too that you know I find people who pay attention so there's a lot of free stuff out there there's a lot of you know, we'll fix you for 50 bucks. Like, let's transform <laughs> your life for $50. I've had business coaches be like, oh, you know, you can transform X within, you know, five minutes and it's it's $100. That isn't always the best approach. Yeah. Is what I found to be true. And really, like, you've got to question, because like you said, it's a projection of that individual's sense of worth yeah so if they're charging you 100 bucks and i've been there like i've charged really low end ticket and i got amazing results for people but the reality is if you're looking for a transformation you work with a coach who's going to deliver that and offer that and the investment is in yourself not in the individual it's in you you're reinvesting that energy back into yourself and creating yourself some space it's such a beautiful gift 100 percent. yeah and a question i would also ask if you are thinking about investing in yourself you know apart from the PD that you do at work, but as in self-investment in your mind, your spiritual growth, your emotional health, is how much is your current state of mind or your current problem or emotional pattern costing you, like actually costing you? Mm -hmm. Because so often what I see is people are scared to make that investment because they look at the money and they're like, Ooh, I don't know, but again, worth stuff coming up. Am I worthy of this? Like, will it work for me? You know, it's worked for everyone else, but it might not work for me. And all those things come up. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, you're amazing and you're special, but you're not a unicorn. (laughs) And so really, if you think about, and I always ask this question, but like in five years time, if you still were running that pattern, if you're still experiencing that, because the likelihood of you actually changing on the deeper unconscious levels by yourself is very, very, very unlikely. So what happens is we just keep recreating our current reality with like, you know, a different set of circumstances. So if you continue to do that, what is that actually costing you? And, you know, I had a a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about this and she was like, I actually heard that question on your podcast and I felt this rush of emotion within myself because I actually thought, well, five years ago I felt the same. Mm. And so that's when she knew like it's time to do something and my message is like you don't have to wait until 
you have the evidence that it's not going to change, like just go all in. There's always going to be more money. I honestly believe that. And I've seen that to be true in every chapter of my life when I know like it's okay, there's always going to be more money. More money shows up. Like when you have that innate belief, it manifests around you. Mm. But you've got to really be open to that on the deeper levels. And if you're not, if you're questioning yourself, if you're doubting yourself, if you're clinging on to what you perceive is your safety, then the shit is going to continue to be the same and mm. it's not going to change. You can't break through with the same mindset that you have had that has gotten you to where you are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, it's opportunity cost and return on investment. You know, any investment in yourself is never wasted, ever. 100%. And it is just, it's kind of like that thought is just so limiting. And there is abundance in the world. It will come back to you. I always say that to grads that I'm working with, you know, they're like, oh, I don't know if I can afford it. And I'm like, hey, this is for the rest of your career. Like your first job is going to pay you 70K. (laughs) Yeah. 70K. Like, you know, if you can't invest in yourself to get that, then that's, you're not setting yourself up for success in your career. So lots of goals there. Right. Conscious of your time, conscious that you've got a busy night ahead and uh, lots of amazing things happening for you. So I want you to dive into rapid fire and ask you a couple of quick rapid fire questions and see what you got. Okay. Are you ready? Go for it. I am ready. Awesome. So question number one. What is your favorite kind of healing activity, self-care, deep self-care activity? Timeline therapy and breath work. I had to pick two. (laughs) I love timeline therapy. Oh my God, that is so powerful. Can you tell us quickly what timeline therapy is just for people listening? Yes. So basically it is a process, a modality where we can go in and access your unconscious mind, which is where your memories, your emotional patterns, your behaviors, all the stuff that's showing up now that you are not vibing with or not liking, we can actually go in there and neutralize the old emotion and really get down to the nitty gritty and release shift and rewire your unconscious mind so that you can move forward. You can experience that inner freedom. You can feel like the badass, amazing person that you are. I love that. I had so many tears in my NLP training. Me too. Because of timeline therapy. Yeah. And it was good. It was really good. And I just felt like... Good release tears. Like, yeah, so good. All right, question two. Courage or comfort? Courage. I think I know the answer to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Silly question. As much as I'd love to sit in comfort, courage. <laughs> yeah, nothing goes there. It's boring in comfort. Exactly. You will get bored after a while. Yeah, exactly. What's one thing you wish all nurses knew about mindset? That you need it to succeed mm. and that it is the most important thing that you can work on for yourself because it will literally change how you see yourself, but also how you show up and that will change your life. Love that. Yeah, I think it's the only thing that will actually allow you to have a sustainable healthcare career is by investing in your mindset. Yes. I'm not another not another CPD bloody conference around no. clinical shit. On diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> bloody sick of those. Jesus, diabetes. Yeah. I know, bloody hell. Alrighty, last question. What is your impossible career nursepreneurship goal? Oh, I love this one. I really want to be 
an international speaker, but speak about the things that I love and really my messages behind the breakthrough nurse. So that would be like the ultimate, that would be dreamy AF to just fly around, chat, meet and connect with people. Yes, well, we are manifesting that here and you heard it here first. So like when that's happening, <laughs> you and Brene Brian are standing on the stage together, you know. <laughs> yes. Love it. Awesome. Love it. Um, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, your skills, all of the things. Thanks for sharing them with us again here at High Performance Nursing. If people would like to find you, where can they find you? What's happening in your space at the moment? Thank you so much for having me. So if you want to stalk me, I'm on Instagram at The Breakthrough Nurse. On my website is www.thebreakthroughnurse.com.au and Facebook is The Breakthrough Nurse. So you can find me there. Current happenings are, well, we're just about to kick off the first round of Untamed, my group program for the year tonight after this. So I'm very excited got a full house of two groups of that so that's very very cool and yeah I'm actually studying a new modality next month so I'll be adding that into the mix and finally opening up some more one-to-one spots later in the year so yeah that's what's happening in my corner of the world it's all happening of course the podcast is there be queen yourself make sure that you check it out it is awesome yes (laughs) I keep forgetting about that (laughs) I'm gonna make sure that Hannah gets a bill for me uh, plugging all of her uh, (laughs) no kidding and also we've got your affirmation deck haven't you as well Yes, we've got yep. the the Queen Yourself Affirmation Deck. So this was created because I really wanted like a physical anchor for what clients feel after their sessions, that queen energy, you know, feeling like their power and that badass vibe. So the affirmations, the quotes in there are actually all inspired from the work that I have done with clients and the, the concepts that we have explored and experienced so yes you can grab those on the shop on the website as well fabulous awesome go and get yourself bequeened yes no matter if you're male female or whatever you you know (laughs) everyone's got an inner queen it's a safe space Hannah thank you so much if you've enjoyed this podcast episode which I'm sure you have please make sure that you tag us both on Instagram and leave us a review we would absolutely love that until next time stay safe and curious bye yes bye if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode please take a wee minute to leave a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. If you are ready to start taking action in your career and you need some support, why wait? Come and join my private Facebook community. The link is in the show notes below. Within the community, we take what we discuss in this podcast and we put it into action. Currently, I am looking for nurses who are ready to stop playing small and invest in themselves to create the life and the career they want to live. If that sounds like you, then please get in touch. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious, my nursing friends.